Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, Week 10. It's playoffs time. This is Adam Fisher with the Naples Daily News sitting across the table from Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press as well as our producer, Andrew Melendez. And Adam Regan, welcome to November. This is our first um, podcast episode of November, and that means playoff football. How excited are you? And we're recording this episode on Tuesday, which is Election Day. That's right. right. So, so by the time you're listening to this, we may or may not have a new president. We're not really sure. Who knows? Probably, probably not, but hopefully everybody that listens to this podcast voted on tuesday well, or before that uh hopefully not because i think we've got a lot of high school kids listening to this podcast and oh. if you're under 18 and you voted that's illegal my friend that's election fraud so i hope they did not awesome first before we get into these playoff matchups and a a huge regular season finale let's talk about week nine which was last week some big results um let me just put it out there just off the off the cuff what stood out in lee county to you adam regan the lee county expert how about South Fort Myers beating Dunbar 13-12? to 12, And kind of the way they beat them, too, the game-winning score was a blocked field goal by Dunbar yeah, I, recovered I, in the end zone by South Fort Myers. I need that explained to me because I guess you don't see that enough. Whenever I think of a blocked field goal, I think of the Leon Lett. You remember that against the Cowboys back in the snow Thanksgiving yeah. game? So I guess if you block it but it crosses the line of scrimmage, it's a live ball. Is that, is that what's happening? I really don't know the rule. I'm sure Sammy Brown was not happy about it either. I, I'm not sure what the rule is on that. I always thought that it was a dead ball. I think if, if it, it goes was behind a, the line, no, even behind the line of scrimmage, the defense can pick it up. I don't know. Uh, what what if happened? it? I wonder where it landed. I didn't see the game. Andy Sodergren was covering it for us. Because I thought when my mind goes to that Leon Lett game, and people listening to this have no idea what I'm talking about because they're younger than you know 30. But if the defense blocks a kick and it goes past the line of scrimmage they would then have to touch the ball again in order for it to be live, is my understanding. So maybe Dunbar blocked it, it bounced off a player. I don't know. From Andy's story, it seems like Dunbar started celebrating the block kick and Stafford Myers fell on the ball in the end zone. Yeah, the ball was just rolling around. and I, I, a, a I, don't, I don't understand it, but still a big win for Willis May and Stafford Myers. They've been looking for that signature win. Yes. As we talked about last week, they hadn't gotten it. Well, a win over Dunbar is a you know pretty impressive win. That's huge for South, and they are at Estero this week, so a chance to uh, get some real momentum going in, although I think they're off next week. Am I right in the first round of the playoffs? They don't have a playoff yeah. game? A uh, concern, though, for South Fort Myers, Nathan Castor, their running back, left with an injury in this game. I'm not sure how many guys that are you know big names are going to be playing for South against Estero. I say they rest some guys. Yeah, and I think you know you want to get them out there so they're not rusty, So especially with, with them being off next week. I think maybe you see one of those kind of, we'll play in the first quarter and then pull your guys, put some JV kids Same in. for Estero, too. Estero's a playoff team now, too. That's right, and they got they got a, a potential, a, a good matchup against a, a winless or one-win Cape Coral team. And let me point out, South Fort Myers and Dunbar, a potential second-round matchup. If Dunbar wins its first-round game next week, they will play South Fort Myers as well. In Collier County, I think what stood out to me the most was First Baptist Academy. They went out and they proved who the best small school team in maybe maybe all of Southwest Florida is. Depends on how you classify Vero if you count them as a small school team. Well, technically, team. they are a small school. They play in Class 
3A, right? 3A, but uh, all the other ones are in 2A. But First Baptist goes out against undefeated community school, and they just light them up. They went up 21 to nothing. They scored 45 seconds into the game on the on the arm of, of course, Rich Million, a kid we talk about all the time. FBA goes up 21 to nothing in the first quarter. They're up 21 points at the half. I mean, they just they proved who the established small school program is right there. And I, I don't want to take anything away from community school. You got to play the schedule that you're given, but the schedule they played up until First Baptist was not impressive. Correct. At all. It was actually pretty bad. But, you know, credit to them for winning seven games in a row. I mean, that's no easy task, but they ran into a big-time program in Billy Sparacio's First Baptist Academy. And with more athletes. I mean, CSN does a great job. they got a great running attack. But First Baptist just has, like, athletes that could, that could do well at any of the public schools. in Rich Million, Tyler Coleman, their new big receiver, Olsen Pat Henry, the six foot four guy. I mean, they were very impressive. And, of course, their defense. You know, FBA in their six games they played in Florida – Remember their one loss, they went to Georgia, Georgia and lost to a very good team up there. In six games they've played in Florida, they've allowed four touchdowns. That's it. So FBA's defense is on point right now. Who's FBA getting the playoffs? They will play Championnat Catholic in the second round. So not good. Yeah, that's a very good team over there. So anything else up in uh, Lee County you want to talk about? Well, I think we can briefly go over Fort Myers' 16-6 win over Ida Baker at Edison Stadium last week. Uh, Fort Myers came out really, really flat in the first first quarter. And Ida Baker's defense, I mean, they're no joke. They play very, very hard and made it very tough on the Green Wave. But really, the Green Wave kind of went back to that wing tee attack. I can't tell you how many times I've seen in the last five years or so the Fort Myers start off in that spread formation and it not really work out. Well, and then they just go back to the wing T, which is, you know, what they've run forever and ever. Hey, and they just broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, they, they imposed their will on teams. A good sign for Fort Myers, though, quarterback Carter Lane back from injury. Uh, we were a little worried that, that Fort Myers wasn't going to have their leader for the rest of the season. Well, he came back. And he did not look hurt at all. Let me tell you, he he ran a uh, naked bootleg that ended up being the game-winning score and beat two Ida Baker defenders to the pylon from 10 yards out. So his wheels are there, and he is a dual-threat quarterback there. He can run the ball, he can improvise, and he can throw a little bit when Fort Myers is really clicking with their passing game, which hasn't really been that much this year. And, of course, you know, the rushing attack, you mentioned the guy we're always talking about, Zamari Harvin, another big performance, 128 yards on the ground. Speaking of Zamari Harvin, by the way, yes, I was approached by Isaac Harvin before mm-hmm. the game. And Isaac Harvin, obviously a great player for Cape Coral High back in the 90s, but he's also Zamari's father, and he let me know that Zamari is very, very unhappy with the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast because we don't talk about him enough. I mean, and should we dedicate a whole segment to him? I no, feel like well, we said that's, his name that's thing. many it, times. I, that's what Isaac, Isaac said. No, don't talk about him. <laughs> it just it just ticks the kid off, yeah. and he plays better. Well, he had 122 yards rushing, and it was a workmanlike game. I think he had 23 carries or so. He played a good game, but uh, Zamari, I'm sorry. We're not going to be talking about you much because uh, we want to see you have a great rest of the season. I'm definitely not going to mention that Zamari has three straight games of 128 yards or more. <laughs> And that he has 721 yards rushing in seven games. Not great for Zamari Harvin. Let's go down to Collier County, the game I was at. Palmetto Ridge took care of business, stayed undefeated. But I thought Gulf Coast had a good showing early. You know, they Connor Barrett came out, looked really good, really sharp against Palmetto Ridge's defense. He threw for 93 yards in the first quarter. However, less than 100 yards the rest of the game. Palmetto Ridge's defense, they kind of got caught on their heels early. They recovered. They won... 
42 to 14. I didn't have it right here in front of me. But yes, so Palmetto Ridge, they didn't play great. And their coach, Chris Tokenen, was legit mad afterwards, like legit upset to talk to me. And I'm like, dude, you don't look very happy for a team that just won by four touchdowns. And he said, hey, man, we, we just we didn't play great. And if we play like that next week, we're going to be in trouble. If we play like that in the first round of the playoffs, we're going to be in trouble. So Palmetto Ridge definitely not uh, celebrating a 6-0 and record right now. They want more. Good problem to have if you're mad after a four-touchdown yes. victory and you're undefeated and your defense only gives up, what, you know, seven, eight points a game. So, yeah, no one's really crying for you, Chris. Well, there's going to be a very, very inter- interesting game that we'll talk about in the next segment. Before we do anything else, Lee County, um, I will tell you, you know, I always look at the teams that lose and how they lost and what we can learn from that, just like a good coach does. You learn more from a loss. Island Coast loses by 42 points. But it really was close in the, in the first half. Like, you know, Island Coast led 7-6 to six in the second quarter, and they'd only given up one touchdown in the first half, gave up a handful of field goals. But, um, you know, it was a decent showing from the Gators going into the playoffs. I think it was a typical North Fort Myers game. They, you know, they started off a little slow, but then they wear you down throughout the game. And really, the last two touchdowns that North Fort Myers has given up this season have come on short fields created by turnovers right. by their own offense so that defense is still pretty stingy they had four straight shutouts at one point and then they've only given up 14 points since and both came off of short fields due to turnovers well i will say that is a hallmark of a great defense of a great program you think of those bill kramer coached or sam dollar defense teams at naples you they were always scoring just on you know 20 30 yard fields palmetto ridge this year has done that when they beat naples in the first game they scored 38 points because they had four possessions start on the other side of the 50 And so a good defense is going to do that. Hey, guess what? We got playoffs coming up, and we're going to talk about them. We're going to break down some playoff matchups in the second segment. So come on back with us. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I know we teased playoffs. I, Fisher did it. He teased it, and you're expecting us to talk about playoffs, but we're going to talk about playoffs in a few seconds because we are going to talk about the big game of the week, which is not a playoff game. Bishop Rowe at Palmetto Ridge. We've been waiting this, for this game all year long. Lee County versus Collier County. What do you think? I am very excited for this game. I can't remember being this excited for a regular season game in a long time, especially one that doesn't mean anything. We've talked about that all year. Even if we were doing traditional you know, districts and classes and everything, this is not a district matchup. Likely would not have uh, implications on the playoffs, although I guess it would when you figure in the RPI and the strength of schedule that we were using last year. But it's Bishop Rose high-flying attack offense. Had another huge passing attack day last week in a win over Laley versus Palmetto Ridge's defense that has only given up 27 points all season in six games. It's at Palmetto Ridge, and to add a bit of intrigue, I'm not I'm not speaking out of school here because this was in public. The Bishop Rowe coaches were chirping very loudly on the sidelines after their win over Laley that they want Palmetto Ridge. Coach uh, John Mooring was quoted in the paper saying, I hope Palmetto Ridge doesn't cancel this. I don't know why he was saying that. I don't know if there was actual threats of them canceling, but uh, basically calling them out. So this is going to be a great game. 
Well, that's the thing about Bishop Vero. Their coaching staff, John Mooring, Josh Vogelbach, they feel like they have to have that swagger, that confidence, because they feel like they're the underlooked team in Lee County. They think all the public schools get all the glory, but here we are, Bishop Vero. We played all these really, really tough teams. We played Tampa Jesuit down to the wire. We played Chaminade Madonna, three-time defending state champion, down to the wire we lost to an undefeated sebring team and we beat some good teams where's our respect so they feel like they kind of have to have that confidence that air of arrogance to them in order to perform on the field and i think the kids kind of take their cues from that and i think that's why they've been so successful the last couple years and it's good this game is going off because there was some question as to whether the public schools could play some private schools and the lee county schools decided not to i understood that the uh, collier schools were going to do the same but then Laley goes out and they played a private school in Bishop Vero last week, and now Palmetto Ridge gets to do it. Vero was really psyched up about that win at Laley, which is a decent program, but Laley is not Palmetto Ridge. I know it's a, it's a 6A public school, which is always a big win for a private school in the area, but Palmetto Ridge, man, they're just looking really good, and they got so many weapons. We talk about the defense all the time. Last week, Camonte Grimes you know, had two huge touchdowns. Jaden Booker had a big game. Oh, that was two weeks ago. Last week on Friday, it was Malik Dudon who had seven catches for 165 yards, two touchdowns, and then Jaden Booker again was over 150 yards. So th- their offense is rolling right now. I'm really looking forward to that matchup on the outside. Malik Curtis and Jordan Ines, right? One of the top corners in Collier County and Southwest Florida as a whole. He's going to probably be following him all over the field. I think this game is really going to come down to mistakes, though. Uh, if Bishop Rowe's offense you know, turns the ball over a few times, throw a few, throws a few picks, this game's not going to be close. Uh, you know, Palmetto Ridge will win that game. However, if Vero shows a little bit of discipline there, I think it can win this game, and I think they can shock a lot of people. And don't forget those two studs at receivers I mentioned earlier, Kamonte Grimes and Malik Dudon, they also play defensive back. They play cornerback. I'd like to see uh, Kamonte Grimes out there on Malik Curtis. You got a Nebraska recruit in Grimes versus a Miami recruit in Malik Curtis. Malik Curtis, back-to-back games with exactly 115 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Last week, Jacob Azizi, Bishop Vero quarterback, threw for five touchdowns against Laley, who Laley has a good defense. They have athletes, they have speed, and... uh, Bishop Rowe just ate them up. So the past two weeks, I will mention, Bishop Rowe has given up a decent amount of yards. Two weeks ago, they gave up 300 passing yards to Baron Collier. Last week, they gave up 200 to the Gulf Coast kid, the quarterback there. Connor Connor Barrett Barrett is his name. That's what I was saying. And uh, this is the most dynamic passing attack Bishop Rowe has, or I'm sorry, Palmetto Ridge defense has faced. So I think this will be high scoring. I think it will too. I think that you also... Palmetto Ridge is probably well aware that Bishop Rowe tight end Carson Powers is a huge threat in the middle of the field, and they really need to worry about him. You can't just focus on Malik Curtis. Uh, this you know, Bishop Rowe offense is pretty studly, and their defense, they were a great defense last year. They're you know maybe not as good as they were last year, but they're still strong, so coin flip is what I'm calling this game. Yeah, it's going to be very entertaining, and we will pick winners in the next segment. But before that, let's get into those playoff games we promised you. Again, remember, every team in the area or every team that wants to makes the playoffs. Because of that, there's an extra round of playoff games because there are so many teams. We have six playoff games this week involving Southwest Florida teams. I think the big one is in Class 6A. It is a local matchup. You've got Island Coast. At Golden Gate in a play-in, play-in game, Island Coast coming off a loss to North Fort Myers. 
Golden Gate coming off a loss to the coronavirus. They had to cancel their game last week against Naples High. That's a uh, a week after they lost uh, 31 to nothing to, to Baron Collier or somebody. They were shut out, so didn't look real good. It is at Golden Gate. The Titans are very excited. Fisher, I got a trivia question for you. A couple of them, actually. Cool. Everybody loves trivia questions. Last time Island Coast made the playoffs. Uh, 2014? You are one for one, sir. Yes. Next, next trivia question. When were Golden Gate's playoff appearances? They went back-to-back a while ago under Mike DeGrigley. Was it like 2012-13, something like that? It was 2011-2012. I think you get partial credit for that one. So these are two teams that have not played in the playoffs in quite a while, and one of them's going to win. Yeah, and Island Coast actually has a decent playoff history. When they were a smaller school back in, what, the 3A, 4A days, they had gone to a couple regional finals. Golden Gate has never won a playoff game, so they're psyched up to be at home. We don't know what the team is going to look like. You know, like, like we said, before the COVID happened, they their quarterback, Joaquin Acuna, was out, and their offense couldn't score any points. And then last week they had to cancel the game because some players were in quarantine. We do know this game is still on, 7 p.m. on Friday, but we just don't know what players are missing. They don't release that information and what players are going to be back and ready for Friday. We've brought up Elgin Hicks, the first-year coach at Island Coast, a couple times. It seems like he's the right man for the job. I know that... Island Coast, they didn't qualify for the playoffs based on RPI or anything, but this is a big moment for the program to get back into the playoffs no matter what. And I think they've got a really, really good shot at winning this one. They've got some athletes out there. They like to put the ball in the hands of their athletes and let them go, and it's worked out pretty well for them so far. Hey, also in 6A, the uh, are they defending state champs? They start their state run, Miami Central, against the rough year Indians. Immokalee is having a very difficult year under coach Johnny Smith. They're 0-6, and this is probably going to be their first winless season in gosh knows how long. And this is also, for the record, a game that Fisher said would never happen. I didn't he say said, it would never happen. I said, why would you? If you're Immokalee, what, what do you get by going over there with 20 kids to get your, your helmet smashed in? That's exactly what's going to happen. So Yeah, we don't need to say too much about it. But, hey, a team that uh, can win a playoff game, and y- you can tell me if, if you have it in your notes, when's the last time Mariner won a playoff game? I'm the all? one asking the trivia oh, questions here. So it's your turn to guess. I thought the trivia was only for that one game. No, I no, didn't know no, we no. had further. So Palm Bay, Melbourne, Palm, or just Palm Bay from the Melbourne area comes down to Mariner, who's kind of on fire right now, right? What did you say, three straight wins? Are you going to answer the trivia question? You didn't ask a trivia question. When was the last time Mariner played in the playoffs? When's the last time Mariner won a playoff game? Last time it's Mariner, the same year, just saying. Uh, 2011. 2004. They beat okay. Charlotte in the first round, and then they got crushed by Armwood, as most teams wow. do. Get tough schedule right there. So they, they've they made a couple of playoff appearances, but this will be the first one in 16 years. And I think they've got a good shot to win it. They've been playing good ball. They, they're on a three-game winning streak right now. I mean, granted, the competition hasn't been top-notch, but, I mean, three-game winning streak is a three-game winning streak. And then you have Palm Bay, who's 0-5. And I actually talked to Mariner coach Josh Nicholson last night, and he told me, that 0-5 is very, very deceptive. They've been playing some good teams from that area, and he would not be surprised if this is a really, really close game, and Mariners really going to have to work for their first playoff win in 16 years. Well, they are fortunate to be at home because when the brackets first came out, it appeared that Mariner would have to take the uh, three, four-hour bus trip to Melbourne, but they do not. So they're at home. Palm Bay has to do that, coming in with a winless record, so Mariners got to like that. Hey, another team, or a team making its first ever playoff appearance, Bonita Springs. 
in 3A. However, they have to go up to a very strong program in Lakeland Christian, a team we saw earlier this year. Well, we talked about them earlier this year when Bishop Rowe beat them 21-20. to Bonita Springs just, just got to be happy to be in, right? Really? Yeah. Really? Might as well win while you're there. Well, but... I'm not saying they're not going to try to win. I'm saying they're not going uh, to win, but they have you, you to be You accuse them excited. of being happy to be there, and I don't think that's the case. I think Bonita Springs is hungry for a win. I don't think they're going to get it against a team that made a state Final Four last year in Lakeland Christian, a very well-coached team, and having to go up to Lakeland Christian is tough, as Fisher will tell you. Yes, it's going to be tough hitting on the road, but, you know, again, it's exciting for them to be in it and to get the field, the playoff game, and that's great for in the years to come when you can uh, kind of point to that game with the uh, kids you got coming back and and that experience. The Bull Sharks are not about participation trophies. I'm just saying. In Class 2A, Westminster Academy comes to Evangelical Christian, who had a big win last week. They won by three touchdowns over a Moorhaven team that's had kind of a wonky season because of COVID-19. So ECS hosting Westminster Academy. Do you have any uh, trivia questions about ECS? No. Oh, okay. Well, do you have any thoughts on this game? I do. uh, Westminster Academy, that's a... Miami area school, right? Yes. Got to have some talent over there, right? Yes. ECS hasn't had the easiest go of it this year. It's nice, though, that they get to host a playoff game. That is nice for them. And as we speak right now, I'm going to look them up. Westminster Academy is 2-6, and six, but as Mr. Regan said, you know, they're from that Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, playing a tough schedule. You know, you're talking about they played Dade Christian, who they lost to. Somerset Academy is very good. Berean Christian. So probably a, a tough road to hoe for ECS. And then also in 3A, we've got one more game. Parish Community plays at Oasis. Oasis had to cancel their game last week. Still trying to confirm everything about that, why and how. So stay tuned to news-press.com sports to find out the status of that 3A game. So when we come back, we're going to pick winners for these playoff games as well as the exciting regular season finale for other Southwest Florida programs. Come on back. After the games each week, Go to NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. Hey guys, welcome back. It's prediction time. The time where Adam Regan and I pick the winners of the upcoming games, the final regular season games. This is the final regular season podcast for us, as next week everyone will be in the playoffs. So last week in our pick segment, we did have two games canceled. So we picked eight games. Adam Regan went seven and one. Congratulations. You are on a hot streak right now. That is the, what, third week in a row. You've only lost one game or fewer. Very impressive. And Adam Fisher went six and two, which is okay. But of course, I dropped another game. We both picked Dunbar over South, which South won. And Regan correctly picked Mariner over Astero, while I picked Astero. Adam... Marcus Regan now has a five-game lead. He is 66 and 13 on the season. Adam Christopher Fisher is 61 and 18. So let's see if I can make up some ground. What do you say, Regan? I think that you could possibly make up some ground here because some of these games are very yeah. tough. I'm not looking forward to picking some of these. I don't think the playoff games are that tough, but when we get to these uh, regular season finales, uh, you'll hear they're, they're pretty good. So let's start in 2A. We'll go uh, small class to big class in the playoffs. Westminster Academy at ECS. Who you got? I'm going to take Westminster Academy just based on where they're located. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. We broke it down in the uh, other segment. No need to say more. Bonita Springs on the road at Lakeland Christian in 3A. What you got? Tough, tough draw for the Bull Sharks there. You know, they've got to make that trip all the way up to Lakeland, and then they got to play a team that played in the state semifinal last year. I'm going to go with Lakeland Christian. Parish Community at Oasis. We mentioned What did you take? Oh, very sorry. I'm taking Lakeland Christian as well. I, I written it down. I forgot to say it out loud. I apologize. So 3A, a game we're still, uh, we mentioned in the uh, other segment, we're unsure of right now, but Parish Community at Oasis, if it goes down, who are you picking? These are two teams that have never won an FHSA playoff game. At Parish Community is is a brand new school, basically, with a brand new program, and Oasis just started 11-man football a couple of years ago. If you remember correctly, the last couple of years, Oasis has been on the outside looking in at the playoffs, and they get their first playoff appearance this this year. I'm going to take Oasis if this one goes off. Do you know where Parrish is? Have you ever even heard of them before? I believe it's up in the Sarasota area. You are correct. It is uh, Manatee County, kind of in the eastern rural area. Uh, just throwing that out there. I love geography. I'm going to take Parrish just uh, to be different from Adam Regan. I did no research on this game, and so I'm taking Parrish Community. I think that's a loss for you, sir. Palm, if the game happens. If the game happens. Palm Bay coming down to Mariner, the winless Palm Bay, but apparently they've played some good uh, teams, according to the Tritons. Uh, do the Tritons get their first W in 16 years in the playoffs? Yeah, well, Palm Bay, they've lost their five games by an average of 30 points. Um, they played some really good competition. Tritons on a three-game winning streak. Their running game's working right now. They've got the passing game when they need it. However, I'm going to take Palm Bay. Really? You surprised me there. The, the Palm Bay is going to get their first win of the season in the playoffs. No, I like Mariner. I know they have not played the toughest competition, but I don't care how good the team's Palm Bay is playing. They're still 0-5, and Mariner's on a three-game winning streak. Make it four. I'm taking the Tritons. 6A, Immokalee at Miami Central. I don't know, Regan, anything else you want to add on this? I'm going to take Miami Central. Yes, me too. At Traz Pal, tough place to play, especially when you're a winless Immokalee team. I'm taking Miami Central. And the only uh, all-local matchup, Island Coast at Golden Gate in 6A. We broke it down in the second segment. Adam Regan, make a pick. Is Joaquin Acuna going to play, man? We don't know yet. I've uh, sent out some feelers. I have not heard back. Well, that would be really good information to know because I think that really hinges on who I'm picking. So with it being a question mark, I'm going to take Island Coast in this one. I also will take Island Coast, even if Joaquin Acuna is playing. I just think Island Coast has shown a little bit more this year. Even when Acuna is in, the offense has struggled at times for Golden Gate. And so I'll take the Gators. Let's go down to uh, non-playoff games, regular season finales. Let's start in Collier County. Laley at Baron Collier. Laley did not look great last uh, week, 42 to nothing loss. Baron Collier looked great, but they were at Immokalee, 41 to nothing win. Since I am the Collier County expert, I will pick first. The game is at Baron Collier, and I think I'm leaning towards the Cougars, and I don't really know why. <laughs> so, Adam, do you have any re- insight to add to this? I don't have much insight to add to you, but, but I will, you t- I will tell Laley. you. I will tell you. I had a number of Fort Myers fans come up to me at the Fort Myers Ida Baker game last week. Come up to me and ask me why I'm picking Baron Collier to upset Fort Myers in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, I think these greenies they have rabbit ears, man. Like yeah. all I said was it's at Baron Collier, and that gives Baron Collier a better shot than playing up at that graveyard that is Edison Stadium because teams don't win there. That's all I said. They they were already saying that I was crowning Baron Collier to win that game. 
That being said, I think Baron Collier is going to go into that Fort Myers game on a high because I think they're going to beat Blaley. Yeah, I also think they're going to win. Baron Collier has a good offense. Neither team has shown a great defense. Laley looked pretty good against Naples, but not last week. So high-scoring affair down there. Fort Myers at Riverdale. Is this like a rivalry game? Do they have a name for this? It seems like they should. Well, this game got scheduled when Riverdale had that incredible 10 and 0 season and everybody wanted to see they're like oh why aren't you playing fort myers you know that would be a great matchup well they scheduled it after that 10 and 0 season and they've got you know they've played last year and it wasn't very close and it's probably not going to be very close this year so i'm going to take the green wave and uh, i say zamari harvin has a big game not jinxing that am i by saying that well i'm going to guess he goes over 128 yards for the fourth time and i also will take fort myers Two big games to close out the show. One we didn't mention earlier, but could be just as big as a uh, showdown as the uh, Bishop Rowe Palmetto Ridge game. But North Fort Myers at Cypress Lake. Cypress Lake, as we know, an explosive offense. They can put up points as they did last week in a shutout of DeSoto. But North Fort Myers, maybe the best defense in, in the Southwest Florida, depending on who you ask. Yeah, depending on who you ask, by the way. Did Chris Tokenen not tell you that he was going to be playing the best team in Lee oh, County? Oh, he did, yes. Chris Tokenen playing Bishop Rowe, the best team in Lee County. I don't know if uh, Dwayne uh, Max saw that in the paper. Uh, that's, that's absurd. That's absurd. Chris, I mean, I, I, I get that you're very busy and you know watching film for the games you're and worrying about yourself, but uh, North Fort Myers is the best team in Lee County right now. They have probably the best defense in Southwest Florida. No disrespect to the Bears. I'm going with North Fort Myers in this one. I know that Cypress Lake has a pretty good defense, and they're capable of scoring points in bunches, but they're not going to do it against the Red Knights. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a game scheduled between Bishop Rowe and North Fort Myers originally? Yes, there was, and they played it last year, and Bishop Rowe beat North Fort Myers. So North, though, they canceled the game. They're ducking them, is was what you're telling oh, me. So I think, whoa, I think they were scared because they know Bishop Rowe is the best team whoa, whoa. in no, Lee no, County. No, no, no. Lee County – Lee County put their rules in place on who can play who, and private schools were not a part of the equation. That had nothing to do with North Fort Myers. North Fort Myers doesn't duck anybody. In fact, you know they're one of those running backs that seeks contact, right. not runs away from it. So please, please don't say that. They run behind their pads. Hey, here. Oh, I also am going to take North Fort Myers for all the reasons Adam Regan mentioned. Bishop Rowe at Palmetto Ridge. I hope we are picking different on this because I really do think, like you said, it's going to be a coin flip. It's going to be a fun game. I know Palmetto Ridge has a stellar defense, and they pride themselves on that defense. But Bishop Rowe is just throwing the ball in the air like we have not seen. And Palmetto Ridge has given up an average of 250 passing yards the past two games. So, Regan, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I, I know what I'm thinking. I might change it based on what you say just to be different, but... I'm leaning towards Palmetto Ridge. I'm going with Palmetto Palmetto Ridge. I think that that defense is going to force a few turnovers, and I think that they're going to come out on top in this one at home. I should say, as I said, uh, Bishop Rowe has the most dynamic passing attack that Palmetto Ridge has faced, and they've struggled against the passing attack. Struggled, you know, is a relative term. However, Palmetto Ridge and those cornerbacks we mentioned in safeties, that's the best defense Bishop Rowe has gone up against, I think, talent-wise. So, No. Shaman Abadana, I would say. Those kids were enormous. And the team speed altogether was ridiculous on that side by the three times. Defending state champions. So I think Bishop Rowe has gotten a taste of the top competition. So it shouldn't be anything different facing Palmetto Ridge. It's just a matter of them needing to execute. And I think Palmetto Ridge is going to be the one that executes. 
Well, I'll take Palmetto Ridge as well, meaning we only differed on one game this week. Unfortunately, it's a game we don't even know about. Parish Community at Oasis. So who knows? Who knows? All right, well, stick with us, man. You want to follow these playoff games live? Go to naplesnews.com slash sports, news-press.com slash sports on Friday night. And also check out our pregame coverage, our rankings, everything. Hit us up on Instagram. If you got questions, tweet at us, please. We love to hear from you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week's games. 